Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yo, what's up? This is your alternative facts for the week. As always, I'm your host, Chris Payne, joined in the studio here with Stereogum's Michael Nelson. Hey, Chris. Yo, thanks for coming by. Dude, thanks for having me. It's been a chaotic 24 hours. It's, uh, I just got in last night from Chicago, Riot Fest. I just saw Jawbreaker. Man, I am super jealous. I didn't mean to rub it. <laughs> I, no, I want to hear about it. Tell me, tell me how it was. It was really good. There was, I felt like there was so much that could have gone wrong, but it just worked out. They put on a great set. They played 15 songs, I believe. They sounded tight, all three of them. I mean, I think Blake has played those, especially those songs live more frequently since Jawbreaker has broken up. So I wasn't sure of what, like, maybe the chemistry would have been like with them on stage, but it was there. The crowd loved it. It was, it went well. So, like, I mean, my question was, like, the reason I was sort of ambivalent about the Jawbreaker reunion was specifically because of Blake's voice. You know, I felt like his voice, you know, even 20 years ago had this like very like thin sound. It sound he it held up over the years. He still sounds good. I mean, it wasn't a booming festival voice. Right. But it didn't sound bad and the scruffiness it fits the music, if you know what I mean. So sure, of course. if if it is a little low in the mix or a little grainy or going at some times you give it the benefit of the doubt man i, I wish i could have heard it um do you happen to know i know we they they did a show in san francisco prior to riot fest and um we had a writer there and as far as i know they only played songs from uh I think it was 24-Hour Revenge Therapy and Dear You, and they didn't do anything earlier. Do you happen to know if they did or you don't? Um... No, they played Want. Okay. So that's that's from Unfun. Okay, so so they did some earlier. They, played, they closed with Bivouac. Did they do Chesterfield King? Yeah. That's, they that's all they need to Kiss do. Kiss the Bottle, Next to Last. Okay. No, they, they actually, if you break down the set list, they played more of Dear You than anything else, but they played, a, they jumped across the discography. It's pretty amazing that they are so, that they, because at the time, Dear You was like this, you know, pariah type record. I, I mean, I never felt that way about it, but I remember Maximum Rock and Roll was so completely you know opposed to the existence of dear you and i think it really at the at the time poisoned that album in the minds of a lot of fans i'm glad that they i mean it's obviously been reclaimed over the years but i'm glad that the band is is so stoked on it still because i think it's an awesome record and i think it got unfairly treated in that moment 
Oh, totally. Yeah. And I mean, things look like they're looking up for them. I heard a recent interview with Blake where they were doing in Brooklyn an interview after the screening of the new Jawbreaker documentary, and someone in the crowd asked him if they would do a New York show, and he responded, 95% yes. Wow. So I'll be at that New York show. I'm stoked for that. There you go. So we're talking about some other, I'd say a like-minded sort of band, a band with, which definitely has a lot of an overlapping fan base with Jawbreaker. We're talking about the movie life. We have Brandon and Vinny from the bands coming on later in the show to talk about their new album, their first in 14 years, actually. And Michael, when I first heard the first track off this album, I think it was the day that they announced it, you were in love with it. Tell me about that. Yeah, man. So, um, so I, uh, I love the first single that they dropped. I think it's just, it sounds, so the movie life always sort of had this like proto emo sound, um, where, you know, they wrote, I think really like strong hooks, loud guitars, um, you know, really like intense sort of, you know, sung screamed vocals. Um, and, I mean, at the core of what they did was just write really tight songs. I think that's what, you know, separated them from a lot of... I, I grew up on Long Island, and I know that scene... Yeah, give really, us some background on that. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, I, well, um, so so the movie Life came out of this Long Island hardcore scene, um, and they were, they were sort of the band that I think they predated... Taking Back Sunday and Brand New. And I think that they were supposed to be the big success story that Brand New and Taking Back Sunday wound up being. Um, but yeah, um, so, so I mean, back then, they, they released uh, three albums, I think. Um, uh, one was on a real small uh, local label. One was on Revelation. And then the last one was on Drive Through. And then they split up after that one, which came out in 2003. Um and, uh, the, you know, their writing was always really, really strong. And I heard the first single off the new album. And I mean, to me, it was just like, it didn't sound like they were trying to revisit the old days. It sounded like they were just like, you know, I, they, it sounded it sounded incredibly tight, incredibly just well-crafted. And I mean, part of that is because um, both those guys, uh, Brandon and Vinny, have obviously kept up, you know, it's not as if they've been, you know, uh, like working as graphic designers uh, for the last, uh, 15 years or whatever um uh, Vinny was doing I'm the Avalanche and Brandon was doing um Nightmare Review so so you know obviously they've um been working a lot and um you know advancing their sound but I, I think it really comes together um on the new single and really throughout the whole album I think every song on that album is just a killer I don't know if you've heard the whole thing yet but yeah. it's just so catchy and it's like so tight and it sounds so good and Vinny's voice sounds just like incredible to me which is like considering you know how long it's been since he's sung this music it, it's uh, it's so impressive to me I love it yeah I'm gonna drop in a little bit of a sampling for the people listening so they can hear what we're talking about this is Mercy is Asleep at the Wheel off the new movie life and it's tearing us all apart is your conscience still waking up yeah so so um when the when the movie life were first founded um i'm pretty sure they were founded by um uh 
among other people, Eddie Reyes, who um, went on to, after leaving the movie life, before they sort of had their breakthrough moment or semi-breakthrough moment, um, Eddie Reyes formed uh, Taking Back Sunday. Um, and when he formed Taking Back Sunday, he did so with um, uh, Jesse Lacey. And obviously that didn't go all that well. Um, that there's like That's like one of the better known like uh yeah i don't think we need to rehash that one (laughs) yeah exactly so so i mean really like to me the movie life were sort of like the the ground zero for um that stuff there's there's several bands that predate them um uh specifically uh mind over matter and silent majority i think were the two like sort of uh, long island hardcore bands that really you know created the template for what the Long Island hardcore scene was, which really, in a lot of ways, in my opinion, was the template for what modern emo was. You know, you had um, emo in D.C., stuff like, you know, Rites of Spring. um, But what you heard coming off of Long Island was that much more like melodic pop punkish sound that became, you know, like arena emo. I mean, um, and that's really where it came from. I mean, if you look at Silent Majority and Mind Over Matter, and then, you know, um, um, Eddie Reyes played in Mind Over Matter, and then that evolved into the movie life, and then that evolved into Taking Back Sunday and Brand New, and that's really where it all started. So um, so I'm kind of, I'm, I'm stoked, like, um, to see them coming back, uh, especially with such a strong record, because, uh, you know, I feel like of, of all the bands from that era that really didn't, I mean, they were beloved, of course, but that, you know, should have been way bigger than they were. I, I think the movie life are, are pretty high on that list. Yeah. And tell me about we were just having this discussion about the amount of reunions of bands that came from the mid 90s to the mid aughts and why you think that's just so many of these groups are getting back together these days. You know, it's so it's so we're talking about this like so. So um, obviously the big one, um, I mean, you know, it's the the. We got the movie life reunion. Um, the big one is the the brand new record, which just came out and is obviously, you know, debuted at number one, which is remarkable. Um, and I think it was less than a week then after the uh, brand new album dropped that we got an announcement that um, the classic New York City hardcore band Quicksand were reuniting for their third album and their first in twenty two years. Um, and, um, you know, we were, you know, you're just talking about Jawbreaker, like another classic band that's reuniting. I don't know if Jawbreaker will release new material, but they they left open in that same interview that I was referencing earlier. It, they didn't make it sound as likely as a New York show, but they left open the possibility of them writing new music together. Yeah. I mean, well, of course, I hope they do. I mean, that guy can write songs with with anybody. And I'm sure that, you know, his writing chops have only like grown stronger over the years um but uh yeah i i mean i've noticed it a lot lately um you know over the past few years it's it's not exactly a new trend i just do feel that it's been um coming like like pretty fast and furious lately i remember um a couple of years ago uh texas is the reason reunited um for basically just a a set of a, a tour and um at the end of it they kind of said, this is it for us. We're not going, this is, this is the last reunion we're ever going to do. We're not going to do it again. Um, there's not going to be any new music. There's not going to be any more shows. That's the end of it. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, 
why the hell would you why the, why would you say that? Why would you put yourself in that position? I mean, Texas is the reason you can go on tour and sell out like pretty decent sized venues across the country. You you know why would they why why would you choose to like shut the door on at least a reunion tour if not new music? Um, but I think that what it is really um, is that first of all, I mean, this is pretty much you know like standard issue when it comes to reunions is that people don't know what they've got until it's gone. Um, and like maybe, you know, when Jawbreaker were active or when, um, you know, movie life were active, like maybe these bands weren't playing to full venues, but when they went away, everybody sort of recognized how excellent they were. And now they'll play to, you know, full venues, um, supporting a new album. I think another part of it is that you have a subset of fans who grew up with these bands and now, um, you know, that they're in their late 20s, early 30s, mid 30s, late 30s, early 40s. These are people who sort of want to relive the glory days a little bit, you know, see these bands um, that they grew up with, um, you know, go out, buy a T-shirt and... Uh, um, sort of uh you know have that that moment and uh i i definitely have noticed it a, a lot lately so sure yeah i mean I, at this point and so, sometimes it seems like it's more rare if the band never gets back together than if they actually do get back together yeah i mean it really the list is is so short of bands that that um haven't gotten back together or, or won't get back together and especially in this scene yeah um you know i i mean it seems to me like all these bands like uh the old hardcore band um uh burn just released a you know or are releasing a new record on uh death wish it seems like death wish anytime like a an old school hardcore band reunites like death wish is there to to um to release the record um so I can't really think of too many. The one, the, you know, the only one. I mean, not that it, anybody. The only one that I can think of that is an absolute like non-starter is like the Gorilla Biscuits, who are like a mm. seminal like New York City hardcore band that predated uh, Quicksand. But uh, I can't really think of too many of these bands that don't reunite at least for some shows. Even those little Long Island bands that I was mentioning, like Mind Over Matter and Silent Majority. You know, they'll do reunion shows here and there. They'll play at St. Vitus in Brooklyn and, you know, just like do a night and, you know, they'll pack the house, man. And it, people will be going nuts. They'll come come out from Long Island or Jersey or wherever they're living and, and, uh, and you know, they'll go nuts for these bands. Sure. And they should shout out the label that's putting out the new Movie Life album, Rise Records. They have a history with putting out new stuff from these reunited bands in punk and hardcore. They did that with Hot Water Music and with the Jealous Sound. Oh, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and the Quicksand Records coming out on Epitaph, which is, mm -hmm. you know, obviously a great label. Um, and um, yeah, I don't know. So. Yeah, I mean, God, trying to think of other ones who have not reunited who could. I mean, outside, I mean, there's just like the not the not going to happen level of like a Fagazi and like Minor Threat. There's those, but if you put it more towards like the realm of probability, most of what could happen kind of has happened. I hold out the possibility of Fugazi eventually getting back together. I mean, they never officially broke up, um, and I know they're not really all living on the same continent now, but. You know, I mean, they're to me like a band that could get back together, you know, pretty much any day and uh, sell out every single venue 
in the entire world um and you know make an absolutely incredible album so uh so yeah i mean but 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 the list is pretty short especially you know of the types of bands we're talking about um yeah because riot fest now has such a history of bringing these bands back together they just did jawbreaker the year before that it was the classic misfits lineup a couple years before that it was the replacements yeah i honestly i think that um to me that you see so many um like festivals that have the same lineup it almost looks like a tour even though the festival has a different name in in every city that it goes to and i think that you know that's really to riot fest's credit that that's their sort of like mission is to get some incredibly legendary iconic band to reunite for uh their festival every year and it's remarkable i remember people saying you know people on twitter saying like you know well, if if uh, Riot Fest gets Jawbreaker to reunite this year, then I can die now. And then they announced Jawbreaker, and people were people were dying. So, um, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Riot Fest. Also, should shout out uh, that Jawbreaker interview, or at least with Blake that I mentioned a couple times earlier. That was with the Washed Up Emo podcast hosted by Tom Mullen. Recent episode, so go check that one out. And Michael, thanks so much for coming on. Is up. You should shout out your socials and anything you've been working on lately you want to tell the people about. Sure. Uh, so um, uh, Twitter is at Nelsonic Boom. Um, stuff that we've been working on. Um, the last thing I did was a massive feature on the War on Drugs record. Oh, yeah, record. I read that. People, go go back and read that. <laughs> go read it. Thanks, man. Uh, I appreciate it. Maybe set aside some time. Yeah, that, that's a good... Good speakers, maybe. <laughs> if you've got about 11 hours to kill, um, that, that's a good read. Go read Stereo Gum, Michael Nelson's write-up on The War on Drugs, and uh, thank you. Next up, The Movie Life. <laughs> Vinny and Brandon from The Movie Life, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having us. Hello. Hi. Set the scene, we're chilling in the Billboard Archives room, surrounded by about eh, 150 years of bound, library-quality Billboard magazines as books. Pretty cool room. It smells exactly like you would imagine if you've ever been around a bunch of old books. Smells like Thomas Hardy's basement. Mm, it's It's a good smell. I don't smell this. This doesn't smell like an iPhone. There was a movie it's very analog in here. <laughs> <laughs> there was a you guys as the movie life were on like the Billboard 200, right? Really? Like 40 hour train probably would I like to think we were in the top 10. Yeah, let's go with. <laughs> um I'm saying there the movie life is probably mentioned in one of these books. I would say there's no proof. Yeah, so we can dig through the archives later. I heard you guys have all day, but uh, for for now, let's let's dig into the present. Tell me what it is like after after 14 years, what is it like to get back into this headspace and do a new movie life record? Crazy. Writing it was stressful in the beginning because we um, were charged with the task of figuring out what the movie life sounds like all those years later without freaking out our fans, without making an adult contemporary soft rock or like I don't even know anything in between um we needed it to have the heart and the soul of the movie life and we needed it to not sound exactly like we did when we were teenagers um 
and we needed the songs to be powerful and the lyrics to be coming from a voice where it's more you know in a more contemporary place but also still has that voice of the movie life and that heart and so writing was writing was stressful and then we made our I remember our our breakthrough do you remember our breakthrough yeah it took I think we probably wrote about we had about six songs let's just say six something in that world and um the breakthrough was I, I'm lying actually I don't remember what the breakthrough was I know there was one but after about six songs we kind of were we, we had that kind of aha moment of like this is what we are now I was going on a solo tour and I asked Brandon to write a punk song while I was gone and I can tell he was distressed <laughs> <laughs> he got in his car and drove back to Tarrytown being like what does that mean and I guess what I mean is like I think you know you kind of have to be like all right but it's not going to sound like late 90s early 2000 pop punk like kind of uh, in the vein of what we finished at and um you know i i got uh, while i was away i was working on something and i showed him when i got home and i wrote a song that opens the record and that was when Brandon's kind of like ears and eyes opened to being like, oh, okay, like we can do this. We can go here. We can go there. It kind of opened this door because we were working on a lot of nice melodies and a lot of, um, you know, chords and melodies that were all cool and that we were vibing with, but the dynamics of the songs weren't being hashed out. So once we hit that kind of point and I showed him this one song I wrote, he was like, oh, okay that can be the energy like there's the energy now we can take that cue and kind of make a bunch of sharp turns and go anywhere else we want but I needed to show him kind of what kind of heart and what kind of tempo I wanted to go after when it came to the more rocking songs um, after that we wrote our asses off for like a year um, we had sleepovers and we had lots of late nights and afternoons and dinners and you know like writing sessions for lyrics uh, between Brooklyn and Tarrytown and it was like a full-time job I mean we went really hard because we knew we needed to do something good we needed it to be really great and at least something we were really proud of and then recording it was like a dream we, we were super prepared because we put the work in and um it was just like a month of just creative juices, me and Brandon in a room with Brett Romness, who produced the record and played drums, and Joe Kennedy, who was um, kind of assisted Rad on a lot of production and engineering and uh, helped us get a lot of guitar sounds. And the four of us just put together um, this record. And, you know, I've I think it's the best thing that we've ever done. Um, I understand completely how nostalgia works. Mm -hmm. So I won't say that, you know, oh, it's the best and, you know, it's, you know, everyone's going to love it the same. Um, I think anybody who's grown up with the band and grown up with Brandon and I's music is going to put this on, play it once through and, and kind of be drawn back into our relationship with them. Um, but yeah, I know how nostalgia works. It's really tough. I mean, that's why it was stressful for us uh, in the beginning because we're like, 
you know, there's a little bit of pressure here. I think it's know? one. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where it's it borders on almost impossible to come back with a new album after all those years and have it be your best album. Um, but I I stand by with what Vinny said as well. I think I mean, I think even from a very scientific viewpoint, it's our best album as well. Uh, Vinny and I have. We've kind of learned how to write songs a lot sure. more since then. Um, movie life, the old movie life was very parts driven. We wrote a lot of parts, and I think we've done a lot of growing as songwriters, and we really expanded our horizons as far as our um, influences. Yeah, you've both touched on the importance of making it count when you do make that reunion record after so long. There's like a weariness there and a seriousness I can sense with you guys. Are there any other reunions that maybe influenced your decision of like, wow, this band pulled it off really well, I want to be like that, or wow, this band's, eh, let's not make those mistakes. I guess not many do do pull it off, which is why, you know, it's a very like, sort of could be a grave conversation to have but um i i know there's someone that came back with like an incredible oh we're talking about a record like a, a after being disbanded for a long time and then making a new record it's honestly like there's not I, I think about i have to i'm guilty because i'm sure if, I, if we think long enough we can figure it out but like not a surf i probably didn't pay attention right like Oh, yeah. there's a new, oh, it's a new Pixies record. I love the Pixies. You love the Pixies. Yeah, and I haven't heard it. Have you heard the no. new Pixies? That's record? why I don't. It's, ex- it's <laughs> I don't expect anyone to even know that we're putting an album out, um, because there, we were just talking. There's, you know, there's this new Jawbreaker documentary, and I should have seen it in the in the, the first showing. I should have been at the premiere because I'm a huge fan, and I didn't even know it happened. So like, I'm not getting information about the people like the artists that I love so I'm not super optimistic that everyone is in the know of what we're doing I think not a surf's a really good example. that's a good example a band with that went away for a while came back was it let go was that it the record when it came let go, right? yeah that was like everyone was I mean like, I think Whoa. that's the best record they've ever made personally I think and that was like a record that came back after yeah. multiple years I don't know how long it was it was but. a while and everyone was just, was just like oh is that the popular band they had like you know that mm, they sure. were no longer the yeah. popular band anymore at least in, you know in my <laughs> maybe I was watching a different movie but like they were no longer that band oh, God, anymore yeah. and I feel like they were that they became the most successful oh guaranteed the, from a grassroots perspective mm-hmm. like than when they had a hit on the radio I think yeah that was had like because I I don't really remember popular but I remember I was like in college and college radio when let go came out it had like I like what you say was one of the songs on it and uh, whose authority and wait is a gift is like, that what, that's the one after let go yeah oh okay let, let go had blizzard of 77 okay I'm a few albums too yeah, far yeah. ahead but wait is a gift is that's a great record too. amazing okay. I have a tattoo of that of lyrics in that song on my body that's how moved i was by what not a surf 
yeah. came back and did. Um, you know, it, it's uh, it's not easy. You got to put the work in, and you got to make something that's that is going to resonate with people, and um, that's all you can do. And then you got to go out and work your ass off, do press, play shows, and luckily when we play shows, people come and see us. So we're there's there's a captive audience that we're gonna you know get into the record it's funny like we've been talking about this so much so far in this podcast that it's like i'm i feel like people are gonna just get into it you know um maybe i'm naive or maybe i'm just super you know in it what are you like optimistic or something what am I optimistic? I know it's, I know being optimistic this day and age is <laughs> futile, but um, no, I mean, geez, it feels good. I think I mean I, I'm biased, but I like the record a lot. I'm, I'm really really into the record, so that is the most. And again, this is this is cliche, but that's the most important thing to me is that like I can put the record on and actually enjoy listening to it. And I bet you there's a lot of bands that don't feel can say that you know they just feel like they're like they're like tied to this thing that they're doing um but i don't know this feels like a new thing yeah, yeah. it feels new and it'll be nice too to do to have to have more songs to put on a set list for me makes being a musician a touring musician like makes my job a lot easier also it feels good to sing the old songs some of the sometime when i'm singing the old stuff I'm just kind of like, whoa, this is cool. Like, it's pretty cool that we did this when we were, like, that young. And, like, this is rad. Like, we did some cool stuff. So, like, I think there's certain movie life songs that I never want to sing again. Because um, yeah. I just can't bear. Like, it, it gives me, like, this, being the guy that wrote the lyrics, it gives me, like, this thing of, like, oh, I don't want to sing that line. Mm. Um, but there's a lot of songs where I go, you know what? This is really cool. And this is a really nice, like that moment of my life was really captured and and all of these people are singing the words back and like that's amazing and so that's going to be a nice little mix like when we head back out on this tour showing people new stuff obviously playing all the old stuff not all the old stuff not the ones that I can't possibly muster up what what might those <laughs> be I don't know. Uh, the ones that we haven't been playing the, la <laughs> the last two years in our shows. Um, so people listening just go through the set lists and you'll figure it out. No, I think we'll probably yeah. just, I think we'll probably uncover more old stuff that we yeah. want to like integrate back into the set um, as, as the touring cycle goes on. You know, we just want to keep it interesting. We want all the people that come and see us to be happy as well. Um, you know, that's obviously important. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yo, one more thing. I want to ask about some uh, some Long Island's brethren who've been, Long ki- Island. who've been killing it lately. Have you guys been into the new brand new album and following how they got the number one and all that? So impressive. It's so cool that they seriously hit number one, putting out the record themselves, and it's so wild. It's, and I mean, I'm not surprised, but it's yeah, the fact that they put it out themselves totally is remarkable that it went to number one. That was the first self-distributed number one of this year. It's really yeah, incredible. Yeah. Um, it's great for them. I think we've all been all as the planet Earth because they're the biggest band on planet Earth. Um, I think we've all been watching them grow and watching them become this massive thing. And, like, the less they would do, the more successful they would become. And, I mean, I think it's a testament to the power of their songs. Um, And uh, I think it's just really rad that they... I mean, the word is that they're breaking up. That's, like, what they say, and I think that's a terrible idea. We broke up, too. (laughs) Yeah, we broke up, too. Um, I think it's a terrible idea for Brandy to break up. Let me put that on record. Um, they have the dream. They have a band that plays by their own rules and who are adored worldwide, um, almost to an annoying extent, where I guarantee I will be asking, answering questions about Brand New in press that I do on our record site because <laughs> we know them. Um, but that there just, it is. That, there shows, it is. that shows how beloved they are. Um, and I think it's really amazing. I mean, yes, we came up together. That's where I got Brandon um, for Movie Life is Brandon played in a band with everyone in Brand New except Vinny yeah. called The Rookie Lot. And The Rookie Lot broke up and Brandon joined the Movie Life. Um, and then they went on to form brand new. Um, but we toured together. We have a lot of great times together. Brandon grew up going to elementary school and middle school and high school with some of those guys. Brian grew up in my town, so we came up that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, Long Island is continuing to, you know, all the bands that a lot of the bands that we came up with are still doing great stuff and are still loved around the world and that's something that we are appreciative of and we're we're stoked for all of our dudes too are there any bands from back then that you feel like should be shouted out more these days because like people still talk about like you guys and like brand new taking back sunday glass stuff stuff like that but are there any other bands you think like who don't get enough shine who should be listened to and remembered more the band that we all all those bands were influenced by were silent majority yeah silent majority is a reason why um most of us are probably doing what we're doing now or it's a reason why most of us sound a certain way um they were influential on all of us the whole crowd at a silent majority show would be comprised of glass job movie life 
um, Taking Back Sunday, Brand New, Crime and Stereo is another great band. Um, you know, Sound Majority is all their music's on Spotify too, which is really cool. Because now I totally. think a lot of people like, I think a lot of people have heard us mention Sound Majority in the past, but now they can just go on Spotify and listen. Life of a Spectator, you press play on that and you will see where some of my singing style like comes from there's a little bit of that like I definitely have a little bit of Tommy going on in my voice um, especially in the early days um, I think a yeah. good way to understand Long Island punk is to listen to Sound Majority and word that, that kind of Sound Majority Vision of Disorder Mind Over Matter yeah we're like the the big ones on Long Island. Vision of Disorder went on to do a lot around the world, but Mind Over Matter and Sound Majority were kind of the hugest bands on Long Island that didn't ever really... Almost never toured. Arguably kind of didn't tour. We did one U.S. tour. I think, was, was it a U.S. tour with Sound Majority? It was like a long one, right? Yeah, I think Sound Majority did a That might have been tours. like, yeah, yeah. Um, Mind Over Matter did some stuff here and there, but... But these are like 90s. These yeah, like late 90s. 90s. Yeah. yeah, but when they would play Long Island, it was like yeah. uh, a big deal. Word. Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine, my old roommate, shout out to Matthew Ruiz, if you're listening, for some bands like this, because he was a few years ahead of me in getting into this stuff. And from Long Island, he always said the Strider was an important one. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, we played a lot of shows with them. Um, the Strider definitely did not live up to their potential in my opinion the strider were good peter is a good songwriter really good guitar player very innovative very unique no, yeah. didn't really sound like much of what was happening um scotty great drum. they had a whole pa they had the full package they just didn't keep going i guess yeah um there was a big buzz about them when they released their first um, record on Full Equal like, Vision, yeah. and they they were cool. Like they were, they they sounded a, a bit like Saves the Day back in the day, mm -hmm. like older Saves the Day. Um, that would be another. I don't know if they're on Spotify. I'd be interested. Yeah, in listening they're, to they're not. Because oh, that sucks. I, 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 yeah, I, I was researching for an article recently for Billboard about like bands that came up around the same time as Brand New to like who were kind of forgotten. I'll give them a shout out. And no, uh, I remember the Strider. I had to go onto YouTube to oh, listen just, to their albums. I just read that article too. Oh, dope. Yeah, with the Strider was mentioned on that. There are ten forgotten Long Island bands now that Brand New has oh. kind of exploded on. The new record. Oh, okay. So cool. they were actually like one of those. Oh, that's rad. And they had a band before the Strider called Yearly, which was really, really rad. Which was Scotty and um, and Peter. And, and Eben. Eben, who, who used to be played in Saves the Day. Um, that's, I think we took that, both of those bands I'd out. like to hear that old Yearly stuff, too. Yeah. That would be cool. So anything else? Any other Long Island memories? Things? New album? Anything else you guys want to touch on? We covered a lot. New album's out September 22nd on Rise Records called Cities in Search of a Heart. Yep. Um, U.S. tour with early November starts on September 18th through mid-October. Yep. After that, we're doing a week-long tour down to Fest um, in Gainesville. 
and we're doing that with uh, another great Long Island band called Iron Cheek. Um, and then after that, we're headed to the UK to do a headliner. We have a band called Wallflower uh, supporting us there, British band. And um, and then I think we'll, we'll do a few holiday shows and call it a day. And as soon as the year turns, we're going to probably be doing some overseas stuff in the winter. And keep touring, keep touring, keep working. Um, yeah, that's that's really what's up. So it's all starting now. It's exciting. Um, yeah, happy days. All right, all right, all right. Thank you so much to all the guests. Michael Nelson from Stereogum, Brandon Vinny Rep in the Movie Life. And as always, thank you for listening. I know this one was a little bit longer than usual, but yeah, I could not trim this down. Had a lot of good stuff with uh, the whole gang coming by, talking punk and hardcore, Long Island, Jawbreaker, all that good stuff. Hey, this is a weekly podcast. We've got more for you. Tons more in the archives, old stuff for you to dig through. To get the podcast automatically every Thursday, every week, subscribe to it. You can search for it in the podcast app on your phone or just search for hashtag alternative facts in iTunes. Get it automatically every week and drop us a line. Star rating helps a lot and you can write in your little comments there. Love the feedback. It helps a lot. Hit me up on Twitter with anything else you got or just follow. I'm always dropping little hints about what's coming on with the show and we do have a lot of interesting guests, more artists, bands, interviews coming up. So follow me on Twitter at cpain on a plane keep up with everything and also you can just search for my name on twitter if that's easier chris Payne, c-h-r-i-s-p-a-y-n-e it's the first name that comes up and that's really all i have for you enjoy the new movie life album it's out now go listen to your jawbreaker and we will see you next week bye bye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.